Hello and welcome back to the Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Happy Independent Bookshop Week. Now, Independent Bookshop Week happens every year. If you're a book lover, you no doubt know about it and want to celebrate. Uh, Independent Bookshop Week is part of the Books in My Bag campaign and is run by the Booksellers Association. Uh, It's always there to celebrate independent bookshops in the UK and in Ireland. Um, Usually every year there's lots of events and celebrations and reading groups and storytellings and author signings and literary lunches and face painting. I could go on. Um, So we're all really sad this year that we can't really celebrate it physically together in the way that we'd like. Um, I thought it'd be really nice um, to chat to a bookseller this week. Uh, So I was really happy to get in contact with Sam from Burley Fisher Books. He's here to tell us a little bit about the origin of the bookshops, how they have been getting on uh, during this lockdown period uh, and how you can order from them. I always am really interested in the methods that booksellers use and how they recommend books. And that's something I've really been missing, uh, not being able to go into physical shops. So I dropped Sam an email and I gave him some parameters, things that I was looking for in a book and what I was craving right now. Uh, He sent me back a recommendation. I instantly ordered the book blind uh, from him, just trusting in the bookseller magic. Uh, And he recommended me a book called Cassandra at the Wedding by Dorothy Parker, which was absolutely wonderful. So we're going to chat a little bit about that too. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you're finding new and exciting ways to celebrate Independent Bookshop Week this year. Here's Sam. So welcome back to the Vintage Podcast. Today I am joined by Sam from Burley Fisher Books. Hi Sam. Hi, how's it going? Oh, it's not too bad, you know. I'm a bit I'm a bit cooped up, but I've got my books, so I'm, I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. We're just getting ready to... We're re- reopening tomorrow. So, yeah, um, I heard. So it's been a busy, yeah. busy week. Tell us a little bit about Burley Fisher um, pre-COVID, and then we can talk about how things have been going. Uh, tell us about... If you can even remember before this... Um, What's, yeah, exactly. what's the history so you're an independent bookshop in Haggerston tell us a little bit of the history of it how did it start what's it about what kind of books do you keep so it came out of another bookshop in Old Street Station um Jason who I used to work for who's the Burley of the Burley Fisher uh had a bookshop oh, called okay. Camden Lot Books um where I used to work and then I decided I'd like to start my own bookshop um but I was only 25 at the time and thought probably best not to try and do it on my own um so yeah we opened it together and I guess we specialise in um, new fiction and uh, smaller press stuff. And we also do, we run a lot of events. We, well, we ran, it's hard to get the tenses right, isn't it? Um, I remember those. I remember that. I remember being outside, talking to other people. Um, but yeah, we have a dedicated event space and um, we, yeah, we do a lot of readings and launches and um, we have an exhibition space. We do kind of like gallery exhibitions and yeah. Um, so I guess that's that's us, and then yeah, those are I suppose those those are our main focuses. And um, since um, the I don't know what to call it now, the event <laughs> with capital letters, um, I saw on your website that you've been innovating and doing a podcast of your own. Can you tell me a little bit about that and the the, the thinking behind it? Yeah, we have. I think it was just kind of um, the bookshop's a real community bookshop, and um, I think we all got a lot out of um, kind of being together and also kind of being in conversation with the community and we just wanted a way of trying to sustain that um, when it wasn't possible to see people in person. So it started out um, it started out as with that in mind and also because the event is such a big part, I felt, I felt that, 
yeah, the, the shop provides a platform for the books perhaps wouldn't other the books that other otherwise wouldn't have one. Um, so we wanted to try and continue to provide that platform in some perhaps limited way um, whilst we were unable to be open. Um, yeah. yeah, we've done 17 episodes now. It's been kind of yeah. In three months. Yeah, you're putting us to shame. I'm very impressed. <laughs> What's been your favourite episode so far to record? Um, well, I'm not sure actually. I I, I kind of I, I there was one where we did um we did an episode where we talked to a load of other independent bookshops. That was really good, and we did a kind of um uh, psychopodraphy um <laughs> transition between <laughs> each of them. Um, which was really fun to record and kind of, yeah, trying to stitch together, you know, this patchwork of independent bookshops around around London um, and talking to uh, the other booksellers about how they've been dealing with isolation and lockdown and what they've been reading. So, yeah, that that was really fun. That's really nice. Are they getting on OK? Is it is it a bit of camaraderie between bookshops? Oh, definitely, yeah. We all kind of, you know, have WhatsApp groups and, <laughs> you know, a lot of, there's a lot of mutual aid and support. Um, I think so. I think I think about the all of all of at least in London I think that readers have been really um supportive and have um yeah continue to support bookshops even when they aren't able to visit them which we've all been incredibly grateful for um so how has it been recommending people books remotely because you recommended me a book that I've read that we'll talk about in a little bit um but but have you missed your regular customers and have they still been kind of like asking you for recommendations or ordering online yeah definitely um it's, it's very difficult when you can't look at the shelves because that's kind of yeah would, the first thing i do is go to the shelf and have a look um but you find yourself recommending backlist titles that you hadn't thought about for a long time uh which is quite fun thinking about books that you you read a long time ago and then yeah rediscovering them i suppose for a, that moment when you're trying to summarize them uh give them a kind of bookseller spiel um yeah uh, initially, it's funny, initially, you know, I think there was a lot of people wanted to read books about the plague or kind of books about pandemics. Um, and then I think there was a kind of reaction against that. And everyone thought, why am I reading a book about the plague when I'm stuck indoors? <laughs> You're like, this is too long now. I need I need complete escapism, please. Yeah. So I think there's yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, kind of big escapist novels um, we've been recommending to completely take ourselves outside of the space that we are not allowed to be outside of. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, have there been any big sellers um, while things have been shut down? Anything that you're like, wow? Um, yeah, again, initially it was all books about the plague. Uh, and then it, yeah. I think that it largely has been guided by what we're able to get hold of because of the fact of um, stock, stock moving so slowly something might be a big seller for a couple of days but then there's no stock left so. yeah then you're like that's the end so, of that <laughs> yeah won't be recommending that anymore um yeah i, I mean the hillary mantel book sold really 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 well uh initially which i also read i thought was fantastic um yeah and i mean in 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 the past couple of weeks why i'm no longer talking to white people about race and uh, me and white supremacy uh how to be an anti-racist all of um Andrew davis's books all of james baldwin's books Kind of everything about, you know, lots of books. I think a lot of people are spending time thinking about um, privilege and their privilege. And yeah, so there's been a lot of lot of orders for those kinds of books. That's been good great. to hear. You're going to look back at your sales records of this year and be able to chart exactly what days, like what was in the news and what was happening. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Be That's when the edit, Guardian edit. list went up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, tell us a little bit about 
um, opening. You're opening tomorrow, um, but you're going to be serving people at the door. How's that going to work? Uh, well, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, we're going to put we're going to put a the counter in front of the door to to make sure there's a kind of two meters um, to protect the staff. Um, and yeah, we'll just again. It will kind of be what we're doing online because since people can't browse, it'll be all recommendations. Um, we are also we've also just finished uh, designing a new website, so you can actually now see what we have in stock rather than before. It was just kind of a form <laughs> where it said, "What yeah. do you want?" <laughs> ask it's us. kind of like uh, Mr. Olivander's, like, "Oh, <laughs> let's see what fits." Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, like stab yeah. in the dark. So I think, yeah, we're trying to kind of yeah, create that virtual bookshelf thing. Um, and then also, but also have, because we, we have a coffee machine as well. We normally have a cafe. So there's an element of that. We'll be doing takeaway coffees and all of that kind of stuff. But I, I think it's really difficult to tell how long we'll have to do that for, how soon it will feel safe to allow people into the shop. Um, and I think it's just all be guided by how we're all feeling working there. Um, yeah, so... Baby steps, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, as a bookseller, like obviously, like it's a weird like alchemy. I used to be a bookseller, and it's like this thing of like you kind of read people's body language and you like work out what they're really looking for, and if they're you know, mm -hmm. and they like often can't find the words for what they're looking for, so you kind of just have to guess. Um, how's yeah. it been? Like, how, what's your method for for recommending books normally? Like before, I'm gonna ask you why you recommended the book you recommended to me, but what's do you, what vibe do you get from people, and do you have like any secrets? Of how to recommend a good book for someone um i think yeah i mean my favorite question is what was the last thing you read and enjoyed um i think that's that's kind of the best place to start because uh, i think often people can feel a little bit judged in a bookshop as well um and i think you want to have like an open and honest uh, conversation about what people are enjoying because people are only going to read you know what they enjoy um i think um yeah, and then I think you just get into conversation, and um, which is much more difficult to do over email because it's very time-consuming. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the death of the casual uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose the most difficult thing is to pick out is humour. You know, I think people often want to read for um, uplift or humour, and that means something very different to every single person so getting a sense of what people have enjoyed gives you a much better steer to what they'll find funny or what they'll find moving because like personally you know i'm the kind of person that listens to sad songs to make me happy whereas i know yeah. you know i know that that's not everyone's bag um so i think you yeah i think you have to get yeah. a bit of guidance and a bit of steer on that I recently read um, Adulterance by Joe Dunthorne, is the, the guy who wrote Submarine. And it's I it was one of the funniest books I've ever read, but I'm really hesitant to recommend it to people because it's such a specific type of really dry British humour. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it's a particular, yeah. a particular age as well and a particular moment in time uh, captures really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, it was really funny. Um, so the the hints that I gave you when I asked you to recommend me a book were something short because my attention span in lockdown isn't great. Um, I said that I loved Meg Willitzer, Mac, uh, Max Porter, Sarah Moss, Geek Love by Catherine Dunn. Um, and then I said it's something that's going to make me think and give me something to mull over in my once a day lockdown walk. <laughs> um, and you came up with um, Cassandra at the wedding. Um, what made you recommend me that? Uh, I guess I think I thought about kind of articulacy. I think like I was thinking about Max Porter and about how 
it's that internal articulacy perhaps not translating to external articulacy which is kind of largely what this book is about um and is that yeah is that the, the kind of strain of humor that comes out of that um i i i thought i mean i didn't i, I didn't have it on my shelf I, I remembered it being quite short it is quite short it's not really it's short long. enough <laughs> Yeah, I got through it fine. I, I, guess <laughs> I was kind of tricked by because it only t it takes over the it takes place over the course of a weekend, so um, I guess that in my in my memory makes it seem shorter than it than it than it is. But um, also, if you've been re fun. reading Hilary Mantel recently, I imagine that every book seems short <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. It's all context, Maybe isn't it? it? Yeah, exactly. Easy, done. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that those those were the those those were the kinds of things that I was thinking about. Um, yeah, and it's a slightly because it's it was a republished book. I, I'm always kind of nervous um, recommending books to other book people because book people read a lot of books. Um, um, oh I, well, I hadn't I, heard I, of this I, one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> ding ding. Um, yeah, I think that because it was reissued and I don't know, I don't think it got that much press. Um, yeah, that was another reason I picked it. I thought it was a slightly unusual one. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was really spot on actually, because I've been meaning to read more stuff. Because I feel like I'm, because I'm a book person, I read all the stuff that's just coming out right now, and I've been having a really big thing where I'm like, I need to start reading backwards. <laughs> like this is bad, I've missed out on so much. And I think especially like women's fiction in the '60s, which is when it's set. I think that's when it's published as well. But anyway, it's yeah. it's often stuff that's that could have been in the can and then got buried. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Um, it was really, really cool. It basically, it follows, for those of people who don't know, it follows um, uh, Cassandra, who is going to her twin sister's wedding, um, but is determined to stop the wedding before it happens because she believes that they have this like, intrinsic like twin bond and um, marriage is a betrayal of that and it's not okay. Um, and it was really, it did really remind me of Meg Willitzer, actually, and it's like situational, like small moments. And um, mm. yeah, I really loved it and it broke my heart a bit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is heartbreaking. I got like two um, thirds through, and I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> oh no!" You did a great. Oh, sorry, I forgot to summarise it. So you, you're doing a better job as a bookseller than me. I think that that was a great summary. Um, I think it's just it, it's that it's that thing of um, watching a car crash, watching a really hyper articulate person just make bad decisions like continually. So. It's a yeah. like really exquisite pain. Yeah, yeah, it's literally like, please no more. And very Ladybirdy yeah. as well. I think the Cassandra reminded me of the character of Ladybird for some reason. Um, yeah. Just like being too yeah. clever for her own good. <laughs> Trapped. Yeah. It's a teen angst. It's a kind of very clever teen angst, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Two other things. I want to hear what you've been reading and what you've been thinking about it, and if you've got any recommendations for vintage people um and then i'd love to hear how we can support the bookshop more so let's let's chat first like what have you been reading recently and what would you recommend to people uh under lockdown in this stage of lockdown i guess it's like the post like um virus craze era um now we're looking at yeah. the summer um what's what's some good books and what have you been reading uh so i just reread the dispossessed by ursula Le Guin, so which is a science fiction novel um yeah, which is all about anarchy, basically. So I guess I was thinking about what's happening with, um, yeah, in the US and anarchist response to that. And it's just a really, I think it's it's a great escapist way to look at what's happening and the what a functional anarchist society might look like, how that stands in relation to capitalism, 
it's very good at the big idea stuff, but but also it's very character driven, which I think is a is a problem that often sci-fi doesn't solve. You know, I think often it can fall one way or the other. But uh, you know, the, the characters are utterly convincing and are tied up in their in the ideology that's being explored. So yeah, it's it's one of my favourite books. I think it's um, yeah, I come back to it quite a lot. Um, what else have I been reading? I read the obviously I read the Hilary Mantel book as I mentioned, um, and I've read Rendang by Will Harris, which has just been um, it's a poetry a debut poetry collection that's just been um, nominated for the Ford uh, first collection for the Ford Prize, um, which is fantastic kind of mix of prose poetry and more lyric poetry. Uh, it's largely set in London, um, which was a nice escape. You know, visiting the streets that I wasn't allowed to visit um, because of lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and we also publish books, so <laughs> a lot of my reading has been, um, yeah, which I feel like is a slight conflict of interest if we're rec recommending the books that we're going to be publishing in the autumn. Oh, but no, I've been reading those well. a lot. No, <laughs> that's fair. Which, um, which, which of the ones that you're publishing would you recommend? Obviously, that's like asking you to choose a child. <laughs> but all of them. <laughs> been, to be diplomatic about it, the one that I've been working on most recently is um, a book by So Mayer, who actually also works at the shop, um, and it's called A Nazi Word for a Nazi Thing, and it's an essay about how um, uh, identity politics is mobilised by fascist agendas against the people that it seeks to protect and make visible. So it um, uses the... There was a, an exhibition in um, Nazi Germany called the Entartet Kunst, where they exhibited um, a load of artworks that they considered to be degenerate in order to kind of define degeneracy and there and therefore um, kind of mobilize that against um, those people and it uses that as a kind of way of looking at um, yeah a history of kind of um, those those same politics being being used against um, marginalized groups throughout the 20th century up uh, through you know kind of through the AIDS crisis and then more recently as well in other situations so yeah that's that that that's look, look out for that. It's a Nazi word for a Nazi thing coming out in the autumn. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good name as well. That's yeah, really... sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been um, going back to your point about going around and I went and uh, rewatched 84 Charing Cross Road just so I could like go and see oh, the streets yeah. of London. Just be like, take me there. Doesn't feel like we really live yeah. in London at the moment. Um, so tell us how people can order from the shop. How can they get personal recommendations? Can they just email you guys if they don't live in Haggerston? Or... Yeah, we're dispatching all over the world. So wherever you are, you can get in touch. Our email address is shop at bellyfisherbooks.com. Um, and currently, if you go on our website, um, you'll just be asked to email shop at bellyfisherbooks.com. Um, but hopefully by the end of the week, um, we'll, we'll have a website which will show our catalogue. But we, you know, we have access to Formerly and other titles, so we can always recommend other stuff that we don't have in stock. Um, yeah, and just let us know what you've been reading, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll try and we'll we'll, we'll try and base it off that. <laughs> Prescription, and it was really easy as well. You just sent me like um, a PayPal request, and it was really simple. I just clicked it. It was like done. I was like, oh. We send cool. you a link, and then yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely painless. You won't even notice the money yeah. leaving your account. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting to us, Sam. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and it sounds like you're absolutely carrying the cross for bookshops at the moment. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure.
Thank you so much for listening to the Vintage Podcast. I have been Lena Norms. You can come and follow us at Vintage Books on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to order, if you would like to order from Burley Fisher Books, you can go to Burley B U R L E Y Fisherbooks.com uh, or you can follow them on their socials as well at Burley Fisher. Wherever you are and whatever your circumstance, do think about your independent bookshop this week and do order from them if you can. Algorithms can only do so much, so I always love getting a personalised recommendation from a talented uh, and intelligent bookseller. Thank you so much for listening to the Vintage Podcast and until next time. Thank you.